Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with John from Temple Fitness in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. What's up, John? How are you today? Hey, how are you doing, Bree? Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's a pleasure to be on here. Um, I just want to thank you even beforehand for even having me. I don't know how it happened. I just, you know, it happened. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time and contributing to the podcast. I appreciate it. Yes. All right. Awesome. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the story behind it all? Well, the story behind it all is that I was at Lifestyle Fitness at first, um, just doing personal training and, um, uh, I think at that time, LA Fitness bought Lifestyles out. And by me just coming in maybe a year uh, before that, I was not godfathered in into the actual pay scale that Lifestyles was actually getting to personal trainers. Um, so uh, I went from there, opened up a place in B Ridge in Sarasota, uh, a, a, a LA Fitness there. And um, just didn't like the the uh, atmosphere. Didn't like the culture there. It was more about um, the money and not necessarily focusing on really helping people get healthy, really helping people get well. Um, a lot of bad practices there. So um, you know, I took it upon myself to open my own uh, studio where I could actually help people and get people in shape, and with a lot of other things too. You know, so. That's what happened in a nutshell. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And now as far as the way that you structure things within the facility, are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? Kind of walk us through what the layout looks like there. Um, the layout here is mostly uh, one-on-one, small, some small group classes, but mostly one-on-one. Um, in the area I am at, I think... Uh, that will never die. I think some people like that one-on-one. I deal with a lot of uh, uh, good people, well-off people, people that have their own businesses and things like that. And so they uh, want the privacy. And then a lot of women, um, they are, you know, when, you, when, when a woman goes to a big gym, they don't know what they're doing. They feel out of, out of place. Uh, they don't want people looking at them. So coming here is like a safe haven. You don't have any of that. It's just me and you and maybe a client coming in on the next on their next uh, session. And that's it. So. Yeah, absolutely. That goes a long way. Yes. Making people feel comfortable and, you know, and that's a huge part of people actually getting into the gym. That's usually what holds them back, you know, is that uncertainty and feeling uncomfortable. And so. Especially women. Especially women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So now. As far as membership or client base goes, how many either clients or members are you currently serving at your facility? Um, probably about 45 to 60 uh, people in a weekly basis. So I'm always full. Uh, a lot of people now on vacation. So I did have this time to actually extend it out. But usually I come in at seven o'clock and I leave like at 830 and I'm going straight down the line you know yeah client the client yeah mm-hmm. right absolutely okay and so are your clients how are they paying for 
memberships or services? Are you doing packages or are they on a monthly subscription? How does that work? Packages, uh, more so packages and sessions. I know that's people say that's kind of old school, but that's the way it's done. Um, me personally, I don't believe in um, just, you know, when you hit people with the monthly thing, if they're not here, um, you know, that could be a little uh, taxing trying to figure out when they wasn't here, you know, if they call 24 hours. So uh, I think the best way is go how I do it. Also daily, I got some clients that pay daily. Um, we do credit card, uh, we do cash, check. You know, I try to leave those options up to the client, whatever they want to choose to do. Got it. Okay. And do you have a system that's tracking all of that or do you have to keep up with it yourself? No, no, no. I have a, a, a what is it, PT Hub. I think it's called PT Personal Training Hub. Yeah. I have that, you know, for the scheduling and different things like that. Um, although I should be using a lot more, um, I tend to use it a lot more for the scheduling than anything else. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I asked that because a lot of times, um, a lot of gym owners are still like chasing people down on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to get paid, you know, and that's a lot to keep yeah. up. It takes yeah. a lot of time away from time you could be spending with clients on the floor. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I haven't, I haven't experienced that yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I got a pretty good, uh, I got some good people. Um, so I haven't experienced that type of, uh, that element on the gym. Yeah. Side. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, so now as far as growth goes, getting the word out there, acquiring more clients, marketing, advertising, what are you doing to let people know that you're there and what you do and to bring in new clients? Um, I'm on Google. And uh, a lot of my a lot of my clients, uh, new clients come in either from Google or word of mouth. Um, in this area right here, uh, I know people do a lot of heavy advertising and a lot of stuff. And I've seen that stuff um, probably not work as good as just uh, um, for me. When a client comes in, they already know they're going to sign. They already know what they're going to do. So it's like because they've already I've already built a rapport in the area where when they come in here, they're gonna get uh, first-class service. Um, they're gonna be treated well. Um, they're gonna get the results that they're looking for if they put forth their effort as well as I do mine. So usually when clients come in, new clients or potential clients come in, they usually come in with the mindset is this is where I wanna be at. So um, I'm kind of blessed in that area where I don't have to like make that hard sell or force somebody or to buy something that they don't. You know, which I've seen in LA Fitness and a lot of some, I shouldn't say, shouldn't say names, but in other big box gyms, you see that pressure, uh, guys commission driven to uh, put pressure on people to do things that they, they may not want to do. So. Okay. Yeah. And so I agree with some of those things, but okay. What about the people that want what you provide, but just don't know that you're there because they don't know somebody that comes to your gym or knows about your gym? Ooh, I like that. Um, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, and I have definitely, definitely uh, thought about those people there because uh, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure it's people looking for uh, uh, a certified master trainer that's been doing it for a long time. Also, 
I don't know, 20, I don't know, I have a lot of different certifications and degrees and I can, I'm always continue on learning. So I'm sure some, some out there looking for that type of person, somebody really uh, to change their lives. Cause that's what I preach. I preach lifestyle fitness change. I, I feel like if you add the component of, of training your mind, your, I mean, training your body, your mind is gonna follow and everything will follow and it makes you a better person. Yeah, absolutely. And that happens so often, especially when, you know, and this happens with a lot of people that I speak with that have come from bigger box corporations. You know, it's like you kind of get a bad taste in your mouth as far as the advertising goes, as far as the sales go, um, because of some of the tactics that are typically absolutely. used in those larger facilities. So I understand having that mindset, but at the same time, I don't because in your gym, which is why you opened your gym, you're now in control of those things, right? So you can advertise, but you don't have to advertise in that way, you know? And it's like, and you're also in control of the verbiage that you're using, the conversations that you're having, the expectations that you're setting on day one, right? You're in control of those things. That's so true. a lot of times people see out there advertisements run for like a quick fix or this, that, or the other thing, and they get a bad taste in their mouth. And then they just completely write off any type of yeah. like marketing and advertising. Cause mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be that. Yeah. But the thing is, you don't have to be that, you know, like, you don't have to sell a quick fix. You can sell long-term lifestyle, yeah. fitness, wellness. Cause at the end of the day, we all know that's what we need anyway. Absolutely. You know, yeah, but true. the amount of people that are, and this used to happen to me all the time in my gym. It's like people would mm -hmm. come in and we were there five years at that point, And people would come in and be like, are you new? Yeah. I've lived in the area my whole life. And I had no idea that you're here. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's mind blowing. You know, yeah. there are people that yeah. live right down the road that just don't know that you're there. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Um, and, and that's the thing. I like the the angles. And also, um, I've had other people, significant others that have, uh, told me in more than one way. So I'm kind of a little stubborn on that. Um, sounds like coming from you, I need to, uh, <laughs> definitely take a, a deeper look at that in, uh, in advertising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think you always have to be careful taking input and advice from people who don't own and run a business. True. You know, because yeah. it's easy to call the shots from the outside and it's easy to have a perception about something one way or another from the outside. Absolutely. Right? So I think that's something that's important to keep in mind. That's something that I tell everybody, you know, it's like, they'll come to me with something and I'm like, okay, well, do they own a gym? Like how many gyms have they run? How many gyms yeah. have they scaled? How yeah. many successful businesses have they owned or, or ran, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. And, um, Ooh. Cause sometimes that gets in the way, you know, even if it's a, if it's our own limiting beliefs from our own experiences that we've had in the past, some of those things tend to get in the way. That's so true. just kind of keeping an open mind there, I think is very important. Yes. Yes. But, um, now Thank as far, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so as far as goals go for the business, where are you looking to take the business? Where are you directing most of your attention right now? Um, Right now, I mean, I'm directing more of my attention on maybe looking at a bigger, a bigger place, possibly picking up uh, a few more 
uh, trainers, maybe two, and still do the same type of model I'm doing now, more small group and personal training and have it like more of a, like a in, like a club where it's not like anybody can walk in and just start grabbing some weights and throwing it around. It's like more exclusive. Uh, anybody that walks through those doors are supposed to be there, uh, which gives people a lot of comfort, gives people a lot more safety feeling. Like I feel better because everybody's here is here for a reason and nobody's just popping in. And, you know, um, that's one thing I, I remember uh, in a lot of the gyms, you know, you get young kids and people coming in and they, you know, throw weights around and play and stuff like that. And you got more mature people there and they're, you know, they're wondering what's going on. They're dropping weights and, you know, you know, if you've been in that environment, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yet when you deal with certain type of people, they don't want that. That's the reason why they choose personal training. They're trying to get that one-on-one -on -one connection with a trainer and actually get something done opposed to be worried about what's going on around them, you know? So, um, yeah. Okay. And what needs to happen for you to get to that next step? Um, for me, uh, actually just taking the next step, you know, I've, I pondered it. I have some other things on the table that I have to take care of. Um, but my long-term, my, long-term goal is actually to get a bigger spot and start doing uh, real personal training, uh, scale it out more with a lot more people, but it's still personal training, no gym memberships, none of that type of stuff, just strictly personal training for about three or four more trainers in there, including me and just going from there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I always like to ask about, are either challenges or bottlenecks within the business that you're currently facing? If there are any, typically there are some along the way. Uh, and how are you dealing with those or overcoming those? Uh, I think challenges. What challenges do I have? Um, it's hard to say. I, I mean, to be honest, I'm probably, you know, I think I'm doing pretty good on that. I mean, to be honest, I think uh, I'm doing pretty good as far as when it comes down to having uh, a lot of clients coming in back to back. I mean, one of the only challenges I can say for me probably is on the business side, um, uh, making sure I pay myself. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things for me because I, you know it's a business side, but for me, uh, when you when you're running the whole thing, you have to be you have to have a, wear a lot of hats, you know. Yes. And I like to train. I like interacting with the people, getting them uh, motivated, and also making sure that they stay on their game so they can see their goals. So, um, but outside of that, I think on the business side, if I would look and say anything that was a bottleneck, would be for me to start like paying myself a lot more and and actually tend to that a lot more than just a training. Okay. And why aren't you paying yourself more right now? Um, I think for me, when I, on, I think uh, working from coming in at seven, coming in at eight and closing at eight uh, and not just 
saying, okay, now I need to handle the business side of it. And I tend to do pieces of it instead of just getting down to business and taking care of the whole thing. Got it. Okay. So it's, uh, which I, I understand it's hard to work on the business when you're always working in the business, Absolutely. you know, and it's, uh, it's hard to kind of divide your time between all of the things that you have to do. So mm -hmm. it makes it challenging to kind of take that next step when your whole entire day is taken up essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand that. And as far as trainers go now, do you have trainers that are helping you out now or are you, no. it's just you? It's just me. It's yeah. just me. Um, and you know, I've, you know, I've done, uh, like different surveys with my clients, you know, talking to them about, you know, adding another trainer and some like that. Some, you know, you know, some see it as, um, you know, businessmen asking, saying, well, if you do, if you have a good thing, John, you know, you know, figure out how to scale it out, but figure also how to make sure you keep it where it's still personal training, where it's mm -hmm. just focused on that and not getting to a point where you start looking at the money more side than looking at the money more so instead of looking at the people you're dealing with and what they really want, you know? So that's, that's uh, where I'm at on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the two things kind of go hand in hand, right? The more people you help, the more money you make. Yeah, true. true. So it's like, do we limit ourselves within the amount of people that we can help because we don't want people to have the wrong perception or, mm. you know, it's like chase the smile, not the dollar. That's what they say. Right. Yes. I, I, I totally agree. I think for me, um, and, and maybe, maybe I'm just a little bit, uh, old school. Uh, I, I firmly believe if you treat people right and you perfect your craft, the people are going to come. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they do. Yet, if you truly work on yourself and perfect your craft, um, they will they will come, and some will find you. And, and you know, sometimes in the grand scheme of things, um, some some won't find you. Um, and I have to accept that. To me, it's like straddling that fence. Do I want to? I think it always comes to that when you're scaling out your business, because I think the more you scale it out. The, the more you lose that personal touch on it. For me, that's, I mean, in my opinion, that's what I see. And I don't want to lose the touch of, of really helping people and changing people's lives. I don't want to get to a point where it's just, it's more about the money, it's more about the bottom line. And now you're starting to sacrifice uh, people, uh, relationships, which what, that's what personal training was built on anyway. That's the whole reason why it says personal trainer. It's, it's a relationship that's being built. And I think when you start thinking about the money more so, you start getting close to big box, you start, lose, you start to lose that personal training. It's just training. It's just, you don't, you, you barely know the person's name. You, you know, you just, you know, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a fine line there. It's a silver lining. And I'm still trying to get in the middle of that and say, how can I, you know, do this and still keep it where um, it's truly personal training. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, I mean, multiple ways to grow a business. We can get more clients, of course. That's the obvious one. We can get our clients to pay more by providing them higher levels of service and more value. And we can keep our clients longer. Right. So more so if you're looking to keep it on the smaller side and not necessarily add in clients, what other services are you providing to them within the facility, whether that be nutrition, accountability, supplementation, anything that allows your clients to gain a higher level of service, but then also provides more revenue for the business? Um, I'm probably giving, giving more away of that. I also have a a certification in uh, sports nutrition, uh, behavioral modification, but I kind of bundle all that stuff up and, and give it to my clients as a, as a total. So I haven't really, I think that's one thing I didn't do, start compartmentalizing different things to try to to tear it up on different things, on different scales. I'm more so like with all the knowledge that I've entailed, I've kind of bundled all that up and given it to a client as one package. Um, Of course, I know you can only charge clients so much. Um, uh, The the type of spots that I do have, I do have a little availability, um, but I know I'm reaching my maximum, if you can say on uh, work for pay, um, so there are other avenues that eventually I'm going to have to start looking out to do. I haven't done the supplementation thing. Um, and the only reason why I haven't done that type of stuff, because personally, I've never been good with supplementation and I don't want to sell something to somebody that I haven't personally used and say, Hey, that works. Cause I've done it. It's going to mm-hmm. work. Um, I believe in being, uh, on, I believe in being straight up with people being forward and telling them what it's about and not just about the dollar. I mean, if you look at the, the industry now, everybody's about a dollar and, and very few trainers that actually are doing well and are actually giving out real truth and actually helping people, but they go unnoticed because they're not, you know, scaling so big to where um, they start to lose touch with it. So. I'm probably more of that type of person where I'm in the stand at a certain level until I reach that maximum and then reach out. Um, I've seen a lot of guys personally that I know that had personal training businesses that are not here now because they tried to scale out before they had the people um, build bigger and they will come type of uh, mindset and that doesn't work. Um, I mean, not in, not in this side of the business. I don't believe that. I don't believe building a big place and, and that's going to bring people in. It doesn't do that. So. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, there's definitely room to charge people Mm. more, you know, so from hearing you talk, it sounds like you don't value your services as much as you should. Um, I, I think, I, I think you may be right on that. I think what I've done, I've gotten so used to being, um, uh, wearing all the hats to where when I give a client, I give them a lot more, I give them more than what they ask for. If they say walk one mile with me, what I've learned, I go two miles. And, um, that, that keeps me with 
uh, all my client retention. Uh, when I went through COVID, I didn't lose anybody. I lost like maybe one or two people and I actually gained more clients because I took the initiative to uh, getting the ultraviolet lights and, and uh, HEPA filters and all the type of things that people were not even doing because they were so busy on their bottom line dollar. I actually went that extra mile and I actually picked up more clients and and was doing things that people were like, is he still open? And realizing that none of my clientele is ne didn't even change. It actually got bigger. So um, I think that to me, I mean, I mean, you everybody tries little things. To me, it's a testament of, of when you treat people right, they're going to stay with you because um, I learned something like even when you're going through tough times, if you really have a relationship with somebody, you're not going to cut that off because that's a relationship. But if it's just this guy doesn't even know your name, he's not. Guess what? When, if anything happens, he's going to be the first one to get cut, you know. And so um, me retaining my clients, I had clients now, even when I left the big box gym, and that's been over 10, 11 years, you know, nine years here. I've had clients with me 10, 11 years because um, who I am and, and what type of relationship we have. So to me, that's a testament of true personal training um, and what it means to have longevity, have people coming in your doors when uh, other people are searching to get people coming through their doors. I don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, and I mean, a lot of personal trainers have trouble valuing the services that they provide because you're, you are not your customer. Yeah. That's you know, true. and it's like, you've been in this industry for so long and you, it's hard to perceive the value behind what it is that you're providing because again, you're not your customer. You know, Absolutely. it's like, you don't need help with your fitness. You don't need help with nutrition. You don't need somebody to hold you accountable and tell you what to do for your workout and make you feel comfortable and walk you through everything. You don't need that. Right. So it's like, you don't value that the same, the perceived value to you versus somebody that has never worked out in their life, who is uncomfortable in a gym, who has no idea what to do, who has no idea how they should be fueling their body, they're going to value those services so much higher, right? And it's like, as personal trainers, as gym owners, we tend to value our services lower, whereas other people value them higher. And then we undercharge for the service that we're providing, you know, and that happens so often. Yes. Um, whereas, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to charge what you're worth. You know, the services that you provide change people's lives. They improve their quality of life. In a lot of instances, they extend the amount of time that people are here, you know? So it's yeah. like, as far as investment goes, that's the most important investment that you can make. And we know that, right? Yeah. yeah and right. a lot of times we get caught up in those things like, well, I don't know, people won't spend this amount. It's like, no, no, like don't decide for people, that's you know, right, right. it's that's really true. hard to not do that. That's and like true. a lot of times this time of year, people are like, well, things slow down. People don't want to spend money mm -hmm. right now. And it's like, people are still buying houses. People yep. are still buying cars. People yep. are still going out on the weekends, mm -hmm. going to restaurants, mm -hmm. you know, like people are spending money. So yep. it's like a lot of times we just have to get out of our own way within some of those things to get to that next level, you know? 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, thank you for preaching to me. I think uh, <laughs> it's a wake up call. I yeah. mean, sometimes uh, things happen for reasons. And uh, I think that's the reason, that's one of the reasons I've had in, in, you know, thinking I've had clients tell me like, John, you're worth way more than what you're charging. Um, and, and I know that to be true. And, I, and you're right. I think when, when you don't need those type of services, and I'm looking at it from a different point of view, you tend to undervalue yourself and you are very correct on that. And that's something I dearly have to take note of and, and definitely have to change that course of action. Um, you know, cause I've seen guys that don't have, you know, the experience uh, of not even the experience, the just actually train working with people for such a long time. And they're actually, you look at what they're trying to like, wow. Right. You know, and, and it comes down to that's what he thinks he's worth. And, you know, now whether he's getting people in the door or not, <laughs> I don't know, but that's what he thinks he's worth. You know, so, um, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. That's a definitely uh, wake up call. Yeah, right. And it's a mindset thing. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And then the other side of that, from a, a client perspective, it's like if I'm investing a good amount of money in the services, chances are I'm going to make sure I'm showing up. I'm going to make sure I'm sticking mm -hmm. to that plan and I'm going to get the results that I'm looking for. Yes. Right. Yes. And that's why you're there in the first place. If that client isn't getting results, we're not doing our job. That's true. That's right. True. That's and true. we're not actually helping them. That's true. So many people come in and not necessarily in your gym, but I mean, in this industry mm -hmm. overall, you know, it's like a lot of, people come into the gym or have gym memberships, but never actually get results. Yeah, never. never. Right? It's like yeah. they either pay for a membership and don't go, or they pay for a membership and just kind of go through the motions and maybe come here and there once a week, once a month, you know, barely ever using it and yes. never actually get to where they're looking to go. Whereas if you have somebody that's coming in regularly, that's sticking to the plan, that's actually getting the results that they're looking for, improving their health, improving their endurance, flexibility, strength, you know, mm. whatever it might be, mm. that's actually what's changing people's lives. Because yes. we can preach about changing people's lives all day, right? Yeah. We can open the doors, we can charge them low membership fees, they can come in, maybe they don't, but if we're not actually getting results for people yeah we're really not doing anything that's true that's true and and uh for me that's the reason why i do what i do because i love to see clients uh, get off of medications uh, yes uh, countless clients i've had you know different types of things say hey john i'm off that medication or uh you know in this area a lot of them play golf and I'm, you know, 65 years old and they driving the ball 270, 300 yards and they're 65 years old and they like, man, you know, and they feeling good about it. To me, that's, that's what it's about. It's about being able to come in the gym, uh, come into a personal training setting and actually get the results that you're looking for, opposed to uh, having a membership, which by the way, you know, that's all in big box. That's all in the mindset because they know the statistics that, memberships don't it's a way for them to make money but most people don't come and mm -hmm. uh you know so yeah you're right it's cool you're right you're definitely right so um, um that's the reason why i do what i do and um 
I'm just taking some notes here, a lot of mental notes <laughs> um, on, uh, and even clients have said that. So a lot of mental notes on um, scaling for what I'm really worth and charging them uh, what they should be charged because they're actually getting the results and actually uh, having that type of relationship with a person that knows their body, that knows their biomechanics, the, the way they move, uh, you know, know what they should be eating, what they shouldn't be eating. Um, a lot of other stuff I do, like text messages, just, you know, you're right. When you look at it for what I do, I'm like a lifestyle fitness coach, which I have as well. So it's like everything bundled up to re reorganize that person and get them on the right track. So, right. Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, at the end of the day, the effects are felt in so many other areas of their life as yeah. well, right? Not just in yeah. the gym, it's the mental aspect, it's the yeah. confidence, it translates into their work and their relationships. And, you know, it's so much more than just a workout in the gym. So it's worth, it's worth a lot, you know? That's true. I think uh, as personal trainers, I think uh, we tend to, like you said, undervalue our real worth, um, the skill sets that we acquire through training, through certifications, through, I mean, the people that's actually doing that stuff, because you have some people that don't do that. And then you have people that actually work on their craft, perfect their craft, learn new skills, um, and actually putting all that on the table. So whatever client, because my client base goes from my oldest client is 83 to all the way down to teenagers in training. So I do strength and conditioning. I do the whole gambit of everything and to be able to be that versatile and custom, customize different workouts and different programs for people and put it on a plate and make it palatable for them to actually right. start ground level and get them up there. Um, yeah, I do take it for granted because I do it all the time. And it's like, once you become a master trainer, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just there opposed to, you know, you really have to work on it, you know? Right. So. Yeah. But it's like, you have all of this knowledge that you could be sharing with more people and at a higher level. It's yeah. like, why not use that? You know? Absolutely, Bree. You you actually giving me some good good pointers here. I like this. I like this show. Good. Well, that's what I try to do, you know? <laughs> and actually, it's one of my favorite parts of talking to gym owners all day, every day, because I see so many gym owners that have a lot of limiting beliefs, you know, from experiences that they've had yeah. in the past or things that have kind of shifted their mindset or mm. things that kind of get in the way of them being able mm. to provide the services that they want to provide at the yeah. level that they want to provide them. Right. And it, it is all about helping people. Right. And yeah, a lot of is. people come to me and say similar things to you. Like, well, it's not about the money. I don't want it to blow up and be this or that or the other thing. And it's like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. Like, let's That's focus true. on where we're at today and yeah. how we can help more people at a higher level right here and right now. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and if, like I said, chase the smile, not the dollar. Right. The dollar yeah. comes later. That's yeah. just a, a benefit of it, right? Yes. So yes. that's what I like a lot of the time about having these types of conversations and yeah. helping people see kind of outside because you get so caught up in what you're doing on a daily basis that you never really have time to step back yeah. and 
and look you're in the from eye of that storm. Yeah, you're in the storm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm definitely it. in the eye of the storm every day, uh, six days a week. I do a half a day on Saturday, but like you said, for the most part, I'm always in the eye of the storm and I never, I'm never able to remove myself from the storm and be able to get that type of picture to be able to see what's really happening. Exactly. You know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes it very challenging because that's usually what prevents gym owners from getting to the next level is always yeah. working in the business and not ever being able to work on the business. That's true. That's true. That's true. So I, I think for me is that the wake up call is to work on the business to try to scale and look for those ways and actually put forth that effort on that. So you got to wear both of those hats, you know? Yeah. Right. And don't undervalue yourself. That's the other one. Absolutely. No <laughs> undervaluement here. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I like to look at it at the perspective of like, if your client, if one of your clients came to you and told you that their boss told them that they have to work for free for the next week, or they have to work for free at the end of every day for four hours. Yeah. Right? And they were looking for your advice. What would you tell them? I would tell them don't do it. Absolutely. Right. I would tell them that's, that's, uh, that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But when it comes to us, it's like, why do we look at it differently? Hmm. That's true. Good you point. know, <laughs> we tend to look at it differently. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, and it, I'm, I, I, looks like it's not just me. I think a it's lot not. of us. Have, As in the fitness industry, tend to look at it that way. Businesses create business minds, a lot of skill sets. Also, not only just having a skill set, but actually using those skill sets and changing people's lives is very important. I had a client tell me, like, I should be paying you for, for like, instead of paying my therapist, you know, right. because, you know, I'm giving, I'm giving all of that bundled in, into one. And, uh, and that's what personal training is about. It's not, to me, I envision personal training as all those aspects into one um, to get a person because if you don't work on the mind a lot of other things are not going to go forward as well so you have to have some type of uh, understanding of psychology mm -hmm. uh, understanding some behavioral modifications how to change those and those skills cost you know I paid for those skills and uh, it definitely uh, makes a difference when you can instantly talk to a person and know exactly where they're at and then from there you know where to take them at opposed to a guy just first he just got his personal trainer uh certification last week mm -hmm. and people need real help may have other issues um mental issues and you know stress and and you're being able to be that calming uh with all that knowledge to actually see them through some tough times so Absolutely. yeah that is that is, uh, but it's an art. It Personal is. training is an art. It is, it really absolutely. Is. And, it you know, is. I always say there's such a difference between knowledge and applied knowledge. Absolutely. Right? It's like you can have all of this knowledge about personal training and fitness and health and wellness, mm -hmm. but if you can't apply it, yeah. which a lot of that being able to apply it comes from experience. Yes, yes, yes. 
and you know you have now that experience mm. right so that's worth even more and like you said there is so much psychology that's involved and yeah, it is. i love that aspect of it because it's so cool how you can have conversations with people and say certain things to help them break through where they're at you know it's yeah. like i'm sure that when you talk to people all the time especially when it comes to health and wellness and fitness and weight loss it's like well i haven't done it because of this or well i'm too busy or this gets yeah. in the way or it's always something you know i yeah. can't do it or yeah. i've tried everything and nothing yeah. works whatever yes. it might be. It's like, you got to have those tough conversations with people yeah. and walk them through to make them see what's possible for them to get them to the other side, you know, and those little, um, like micro interactions that we have with people, that's not something that's taught. I had a, a cutoff, something happened. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. We're back though. <laughs> yeah. It said, it said on the thing, it had a web, a web issue or something like that. And it cut off. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, going back to what you say is definitely true. Um, and I think that's the disconnect people get in it because they, they look at it, they look at personal training because, you know, you look at the projections and it says, you know, this is the, the, gro the most growingest industry uh, out there and people look at it and not understanding that the people that are actually making the changes in it are have so many other skills mm -hmm. that go with it and actually making it happen opposed to uh, just getting a, uh, a certification and saying, oh, I got it now. This gives me the right to train people with problems and different types of things and, and not understanding it's far beyond that now. It, maybe in its infancy, um, you could do that and get away with it, but not with all the things now, and most of the clients that I deal with um, and everybody, I mean, the knowledge is readily available. I mean, the thing is, is we're, we're, you know, we're overrun with, with information, but nobody yeah. knows how to apply that information in their life and actually get some changes out of it. So um, when you get a skillful person that is able to get that knowledge and package it and actually figure out where you're at and give you the right injection, like, eh, give you that right shot to get you on your way. That truly is a, a art and uh, that's rare. And for uh, a lot of us uh, personal trainers out here, um, that is very rare. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. But that's what separates you from everybody else, right? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? On social media, oh my goodness. I have a Facebook uh, business page. Uh, it's Temple Fitness. Um, it has templefitness.com. You'll see, uh, you'll see the T and the F together. I don't have the thing here, so I'm trying to <laughs> do that. Uh, on Instagram, it's Temple Fit, uh, T-E-M-P-L-E-F-I-T-T. -T. Um, and that's it. I don't, I only do Instagram and I only do Facebook business page. I also on my Facebook business page, daily, uh, just daily workouts, daily uh, things that people would need about nutrition, about health, about how to, if you're on the go, uh, I put stuff up there every day for people to um, look at and read. Also have a newsletter that comes out um, every month to my clients. 
um, just about different things that go on, um, new things that is in fitness, new things that they can try uh, if they're on the go, if they, you know, I try to get my clients to take fitness everywhere they go. You know, all my clients, they know how I feel about fitness and I try to translate that to them. And I know to some degree, they're not going to be like that. But yet, if you can just keep it in your mind that you have to do something, um, to me, that's more than enough than what the rest of Americans are doing. Because, I mean, I don't know statistically if you know the things that's going on in America as far as health-wise. I mean, it's an epidemic, childhood obesity. Um, there are some things that's going on in America that um, I don't personally think is being addressed in the right way. I think insurance companies need to, then this is sending it out there, need to start implementing uh, personal trainers into some of these people's lives because it extends their life, which extends them to be able to work, cuts their sick time, cuts their injury times down, which correlates to them for more money. And I think it's a, definitely a big disconnect, um, you know, with health and fitness and mental health. Um, going forward in a package, an insurance package to help people to be their best. I mean, we're all Americans and uh, we all need, I think a lot of people need that. I was looking at the statistics of obesity and, and overweight in America is very dismal, you know, so. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. All right, so John from Temple Fitness in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. Thank you so yes. much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great yes. having you on the show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Bree. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us are the Keons, part owners of the Hive Fitness, coming to you from Clyde, Ohio. Guys, how are you today? What is going on? Fantastic. Doing great. It's exciting to have you here. I, I got a little bit of the backstory before we got on air, but I'm excited to, to share some context here because I think it's really, really important and we'll set the stage for our whole conversation. So guys, first and foremost, before we dive in on, on business and strategy and whatnot, tell us a little bit about the Hive and, and what this business truly is when you describe it to people. Okay, I'll take that one. That our gym is a 24-7 open gym business model. And so we have a 3,000 square foot space in Clyde, Ohio, a small little town that I grew up in of 6,000 people. And we encourage all levels of fitness enthusiasts to get memberships and join our gym and utilize our space 
we focus on keeping a very well maintained, a very clean atmosphere, and just a very friendly open gym atmosphere for our, our members. Yeah. And so the, the context that I sort of hinted at a moment ago here, take us back to when this whole thing got kicked off, guys. Tell us a little bit about how we fell into this situation, because as I understand it, this was not the plan yeah. at the very beginning. <laughs> Talk to me. Tell me a little bit of a, a origin story here. Well, we, we weren't planning on going to the gym, but we've always been active and we've always worked out and been sports oriented. So uh, um, we actually own a meadery. That's another story. It's a uh, honey wine. And we were looking for a place locally that we could start producing our, our honey wines. And um, we ran across this building that also had a gym uh, living in the area 15, 16 years, her, all, all our, her life. Uh, we didn't real, realize this place had a gym. So uh, when we bought the building, we assumed the responsibility of this gym and it couldn't happen at a better time. Uh, we actually assumed this gym when uh, everything was pretty much shut down for COVID. So in the state of Ohio, the gyms were not uh, able to function. And it gave us an opportunity to go there and develop our dream on how we would like to see this uh, gym develop and uh, the, the layout. Yeah, yeah. demise the layout of the equipment. We put in new ceilings, new floors, new paint, you know, put our whole branding in place while the members were not allowed to come in. So it was a great eight week opportunity, 20, sure. well, 12 hour days. It was a lot of work, but we- I can we imagine that that's no, <laughs> it's no small build out, but- for you guys, it, it sounds like the the meat and potatoes of this was the the honey wine production. Happy accident that we stumbled upon this fitness center, and it seems like it's gone fairly well for you since then. Uh, not not regretting it at least. And so for you guys, the the model of this you mentioned being the twenty four seven membership based model. Tell us a little bit about what's been working for you to, to get people attracted and, and to market this business so that people know it even exists in the first place? Well, the majority of our marketing is done on Facebook. Uh, okay. We have a, a good Facebook group, a good Facebook following. But then from there, I'd say the majority of our members are referrals. We have members who see someone in the store, mention it to them. The member I met with this morning works across the street at the gas station. One of our members who comes in at 4 a.m. was there probably getting something before the, or after their workout, mentioned it to them. And it's just this referral saying, hey, this is a great place to work out, friendly, clean, well-kept. And we just keep building from there. Got it, okay. And so the, the word of mouth drives a lot of this. And I don't think even, like Facebook and word of mouth are really mutually exclusive. A lot of the time in 2022, Correct. those things are the same thing anyway. And so exactly. uh, a combination of the two, who handles the, the social media side of things in the business? Because I think fitness is, is an interesting industry where it sort of really lives and dies by social media, at least in the past couple of years. But for people who aren't experts in social media or, or digital marketing in general, it can be a, a tough situation to utilize. So for you guys, what is that, what is that actually comprised of and, and who's taking the lead on that? I don't think we do a lot of social media marketing. It's more of a response because we have nobody at the gym. So it's a mechanism to, hey, we got new equipment in. Hey, um, 
something's broken. Hey, I can't get in the gym. So we use it as an effective communication to make sure that our members are getting access mm. to the gym and they're okay. staying up. We do do some social media. I'll let Amelia elaborate yeah. on that. Yeah, I take the realms on all of our social media as far as our Facebook posts. And we do use Facebook marketing at times, especially if we have a special sale going on or if we have a new piece of equipment or if we just feel it's the right time of the year for the members here in Clyde where there's something going on, uh, maybe a 5K run, things like that. And so we use that to just make awareness not only of our gym, but we post when the girls basketball team goes to regionals. We, we just share sure, anything sure. physical, anything active. And it's Got just it. be active, be, be involved. Have you guys previously or thought of in the future put any kind of money into it to, to advertise or has this all been organic thus far? I, you know, I think in the future, we plan on expanding and oh, okay. the program that we're looking at is, and we've been investigating in other cities, is we'd like to do an outdoor, outdoor facility. So at uh -huh. that time, once we start investing in the outdoor facility, um, then we look at advertising. I see. Uh, okay. I don't think we, we really use, put a lot we of use some Facebook marketing dollars, but not a large dollar amount. Sure. Well, I think, I mean, any conversation that we have surrounding investing funds into this needs to come back to how much real growth potential we have, right? Correct. For you guys, do we have a, a target or a number in mind? Hey, I think we could handle X amount of members. 100, 200, 1,000, 10,000, is there a number that's swimming around your head? I mean, I don't think we have an exact number, but we're about 100 members strong right now. Okay. Um, we probably could cap out at 150. That's why we want to expand outside. Sure, sure. Um, and, and you know what? We want to also uh, give the opportunity to cross-training. Our facility's not big enough to do cross-training right now, and that's something that you know is big in, in sports and in, in, in cross-fitness. Uh, it's something that we want to uh, dabble in. Uh, we just don't have the space right now, and that's where the outside space would come into. Sure. Okay. So take us to the next step, guys. We get uh, a word of mouth lead or a social media lead or wherever this person comes from. Walk me through the, the typical sales process for how that person actually signs up. What happens once they reach out? Yeah, once we have uh, someone in the community who's interested in becoming a member, we will have them set up an appointment with one of the owners and they'll come into our facility. We'll give them a really nice tour, show them around, show them all of the equipment, tell them about how the membership works. And I would say 95, maybe 99% of those individuals become members that day. They decide to join, they're already coming in, they're already interested in having a membership and once they see our facility, it pretty much sells itself because it is so clean and organized and it just is a really great place to work out. And so from that point, they sign up for a membership and we have several different options, whether it's monthly, three month, auto renewal, a one year membership. And they're instantly members at that point, they get a gym key code, which allows them to get into the building at 24 seven. And if they have any questions, we have other means of communication from that point. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about 
the the pros and cons in your mind of having that key code because i assume that it means that we don't necessarily need to have staffing around how has your experience been with that you know we just ran into a situation so you know you have to go when you do a 24 7 key code you have to rely on everybody's honesty and yeah. one of the biggest problems that you have is when you don't have an attendant on spot and you're 24 7 you got to rely that someone coming in is not going to let three or four others in. Mm. Also, we put key codes on our exit. Some people can figure out those codes. So we, you have to make sure that <clears throat> video cameras is how we're doing surveillance now. I see. And, yeah. you know, our, our objective uh, every day is to make sure everybody's safe. And if somebody can, can't afford a membership, we don't mind them coming in. We just need you to sign a waiver. Mm. So with the key code, keypads, there's opportunities for people to come in that have not signed that waiver and work out on equipment. And it's a liability, a big that's time a big liability, liability for you guys. Exactly. And that's a concern to us, you know, yeah. uh, not just for from a liability standpoint, but from their safety too, because generally it's young kids. Mm. Have you have you explored the idea of having it staffed? Right now, we, we're not bringing in enough income. Uh, where we could have somebody on staff sure. and we all the owners we all have daytime jobs so it's really hard so once in a while i have to take a break just to go up there and and uh um, sign up a member as she did this morning so right now we can't you know we economically we can't afford staff sure okay say, yes one of the one of the bonuses of having the key code membership is having that 24 7 access like i said we have some who come in at midnight after work we have some that come in at 4 a.m. Staffing 24-7 would be a, a big strain on a expensive. company to have yeah. that. It would be expensive yeah. to have 24-7 staffing. And if we were to go to that model, then we have these members who wouldn't be able to have that 24-7 access. And we just believe that having a, having a facility in such a small community that has 24-7 access for them is the best business model for us to use at this time. Got it. Okay. Now let me ask you guys this because a lot of owners in this sort of 24 seven model can make up a lot of revenue with things like personal training or things like nutrition coaching or whatever it is. Have you guys kicked around the idea of, of having a personal trainer or two come in and, and help build out some business? I, I feel like even if we got 10 or 20% of the people, that's meaningful money at the end of the day. Right. And we've, talked about it uh entertained it but now that you bring it up i mean that's that's an area that um we probably need to look into and especially with one of the things that we find out when new people are, are come to our gym is especially inexperienced they're really intimidated they're really intimidated by the equipment and uh, i think that's one of the strategic things about our gym we laid it out where it's like resistance to low nautilus to free weight. So it's if you're up front, then you know you're just getting familiar with it. I think uh, in the future, we do need to look at personal training and, and, and nutrition. Um, we're talking about maybe doing some seminars on weekends, like a okay. five day on a Friday, and then hey, a nutritional expert comes in and talks about their, uh, their product line. We got yeah. a couple of people in, in our own backyard. Um, that's an avenue we haven't explored, but we have entertained it. Yeah. The cool thing, I mean, the, the best part about this business model is that there's so many ways you can go, right? At the end of the day, there's a lot of tangible businesses to fitness to where 
expansion in any number of directions could be a, an additional revenue source for you. Take me into the future a little bit, guys. Talk to me about long-term with this. What's, what's the big picture here for you guys? Do you plan to go full-time at any point? I, I, I would not see us going full-time ourselves. At that point, we'd staff. Okay. So, and it all depends. So on what does that future look like for the business? <clears throat> I would say our vision of the future is building out that outdoor space, which would then give us room for at least good weather time, team fitness, uh, training sessions, training classes. We could then have a staff on site at, at certain hours of the day, we could have a personal trainer, we could do a fitness yeah. coach. That having that outdoor space just gives us that much more flexibility with this space for our members. We, we don't wanna build out too quickly as far as adding members. We like our members to have their workout space and we don't wanna crowd those who are currently there. Uh, we're, we weren't in it to make big dollars, <laughs> but we're in it to provide a facility for members of Clyde to have a great place to work out, to become fit, to be healthier. And as we build that outdoor space and as we add on to our facility, then we could look at expanding into additional sources of revenue, sure. personal trainers and things like that. That would yeah. be that conversation in regards to, um, with the outside addition to adding brick and mortar, another room. Because one of the oh, okay. assets that we'd like to venture into is some spinning classes, some cardio classes, some one-on-one uh, -on -one training uh, with someone leading the class and, and, and giving a different perspective other than weights and cardio and resistance. That's about all we can uh, uh, provide right now. Yeah. I think, I mean, the people that I talk to, if we think about the fitness industry and, and the mindset or the perspective around end goals there's probably a continuum of purely profit driven all we see are dollar signs and credit cards and on the other right. end purely passion we want to help everybody sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and, and i think the best examples are probably somewhere in the middle right we need to have influences from both sides of that but the more skewed we get one way or the other we, we tend to set ourselves up for some trouble down the road and so It'll be interesting to see how that shapes up for you guys. Now, it's a fantastic place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. But before we sign out of here, guys, tell people listening where they could learn a little bit more about The Hive. Is there a website? What were the social media accounts that you mentioned earlier? How can people find you? Yeah, the best way is on The Hive Fitness Club Facebook and for Clyde, Ohio, also doing the search in Google for gyms in Clyde, Ohio, but we also have um, Instagram. And so all of those avenues would be the best path on there. You'll find address, phone number, uh, email that you can contact us and find out more information and to come in and take a tour of our gym. We'd love to have you. We do allow guest memberships. And so you can spend the day there if you'd like, or come in with a friend and spend the day there. And so that gets you that trial period at the high fitness. Got it. Guys, I appreciate your contribution here. I really think that conversations like this amongst the entrepreneurship crowd where we can talk about 
what's going well and maybe what's not going so well and things that we're still working on is, mm -hmm. is tremendously important. So I can't thank you enough for your contribution today. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you guys have oh, some, some ideas in the works. And so Absolutely. I wish you nothing but the best and, and hopefully we'll talk to you again down the road. Well, we appreciate your time and the opportunity to, to promote our gym in, in Clyde, Ohio. Thanks so Absolutely. much, Joe. We appreciate the conversation. Thanks, Joe. Fantastic. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by John Kruger from Next Level Performance in Laurel, Maryland. John, what's going on, man? How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us here. Uh, I know the uh, life of a gym owner and coach can get pretty crazy and wild, so I appreciate you coming on, man, and sharing your story, what you guys are all about. So Next Level Performance, you guys have been open about, about four years, right? Uh, yeah, four years last month. So. Awesome. awesome. Well, congrats on that. No small feat, obviously, especially going through the past couple of years. You know, say I has to run into you, man, in the grocery store or like anywhere in town. You got a next level, next level performance shirt on. What is like that elevator pitch you give to that person about what you guys, what you guys are all about, what makes you guys unique, what you guys do there? Um, I mean, honestly, it's, it's not something you can have to explain. It's more of the environment we've created, the culture we've created um and us as coaches and us the community that you'd be around once you come in right. um as opposed to like yeah here's our uh you know our t-shirt pitch or something like that i mean our our motto is be a better human um yeah. and you know that emphasizes moving better looking better feeling better um and that's kind of just like in the gym things and then obviously um holistically outside the gym as well sure. Um, sure. yeah no yeah it makes total sense so yeah culture <laughs> community environment all that good stuff, uh, which in a gym setting we can really create, which, which is awesome, that community within a community. So with that being said, man, just for listeners, what do you guys do there next level as far as like your services? Um, so everything we really do nowadays, I mean, obviously we've pivoted and transitioned over the years, uh, especially through COVID and things of that nature. Um, but the main thing we, we kind of offer is semi-private training, um, personal training, semi-private training. Um, we do a lot of sports performance stuff. Um, that's kind of, you know, the, those two are kind of our bread and butter. Um, and then we offer, you know, group training, boot camp, 
Um, we do do a small amount of one-on-one, -on -one. Okay. Um, but the main part of bread, bread and butter is uh, sports performance and uh, semi-private training. Sure, sure. And that makes sense. Like, uh, like we were talking about earlier, yeah, I think the semi-private small group is a great model. Why did you guys go towards that in a way a little bit from the personal training side of things? Um, so honestly, funny enough, we were all like a one-on-one -on -one just kind of training studio pre-COVID. Um, and then through COVID, you know, through shutdowns and, you know, reopenings and opening in a smaller scale, um, we just kind of realized that like the old school model of, you know, you have a 30 minute session, you have a 45 minute session, you have an hour session, whatever it is. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, it's either the session is too long for what that person needs and you're kind of filling it up with junk stuff towards the end or too short for what they need. And you're kind of like cramming stuff in. Um, so between COVID, really through COVID, when no one really had a schedule, no one was really doing anything, no one was any type of timeline, um, a lot of people came and just kind of hung out. Um, but it, it gave us the time to like, we had time to do what we needed to get done as opposed to what we had time for. Sure. Um, and really that just kind of clicked and, you know, it, it, we kind of rolled it out and it just, it just worked. Yeah. Um, again, the point is it, it it's not as rigid. There's a lot more fluidity in it. Um, so it allows us to get done, you know, within a session, get done what we need to get done um, as opposed to cramming things into a timeline. Um, people don't feel as rushed to get through a workout. Um, you're not cramming to finish because you have an next person coming in. Um, and the other added benefit of, you know, the semi-private is everyone is still getting that individualized programming, that individualized coaching, but they get it more so within like a team environment. Right. Um, which I found has like worked really well, especially in the community building aspect. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to have a community when you have people in and out every half hour and it's just hello and goodbye. Yeah. Um, sure. So I agree. Man. I agree. For the most part, why we transition. Yeah. No, 100%. So, yeah, a few good things there. <laughs> With that semi private, a good way to scale the business, right? Especially in our personal training model, it can add more people to like the 9 a.m. time slot than just, just one, obviously. So, yeah. Also good for that. And I like how you made, uh, Turn a negative, uh, the C word COVID, right, into a positive uh, with this new model, which is great, man. So, obviously, for all gym owners out there, trainers that are listening, getting people in the door is one of our top priorities, right, regularly. What has kind of like your marketing strategy and philosophy been like, just say, like this year so far? Um, so, funny enough, we've, uh, I mean, obviously, we just hit our four year mark. We've done zero marketing in four years. Wow. Um, we started, me and my business partner, when we first opened, we started, we both came from a commercial gym sure. um, and he was already doing more kind of freelance on the side things out of his garage. Um, so we started with a good client base from day one. Awesome. Um, and then from there, it's just really been word of mouth um, and Google. I mean, again, you know, the, the idea is to we're not trying to be because of scale, right? We can't be the biggest gym in the world. So our day one marketing plan is like, we have to be very specific if we are going to do any type of marketing because we can't, we can't take a large influx of people. Sure, sure. Um, so we really have done no marketing. I mean, at tops, the most marketing quote unquote we've done is uh, we have something on Groupon, okay. but we don't even promote it. We don't like push it. It's just up there. Um, it's really just like a trial intro offer. Um, but you know, that, that has done pretty well for us. Um, at least in the past, it hasn't as much as recently, um, which is okay. So a lot of we get is like word of mouth, um, or, you know, walk-in referrals or just people that kind of find us online and reach out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, All good things and a part of the business for sure. And it's great. You guys are able to start a business with a base of people. So possibly yeah. covering the expenses, not starting from scratch, super hard. So really cool. You had that just curious with like, uh, you know, everybody having our, our phone in our pocket these days, where, where's your guys philosophy with using social media, whether it's organic or paid advertising, have you guys done it, thinking about it, tried it. Um, so we both have our individual pages yeah. and then we also, we have one for the gym. Um, but honestly the, for the gym, I kind of made it, I think about a year ago, just to kind of like, mostly just to reserve the username in case we ever decided to start using it. Right. Um, both of our personal pages. I mean, I haven't, he, my business partner's name is Rodney. He uses his a lot more, but even his isn't necessarily like, um, like content creation or like marketing. It's just very organic. His personal page, um, mine, if you follow me, I, I do movie reviews and post pictures of my dog a lot more than uh, anything, you know, business related. Um, and there's not really like a necessarily specific reason why we don't i just neither one of our personalities are very social media if that makes sense yeah, sure. um, and i know this day and age social media is a big thing um and we're probably being you know kind of ignorant by not getting into the social media thing uh, but i you know i just think so much of social media marketing especially as a business especially in the fitness field is just very unorganic and very regurgitated and very like you know scripted a post every day and post these things and have these captions that get people to comment and this that yeah. whatever and it's like it just doesn't you know maybe if we had more of like an online presence like we did you know virtual training or sold right. more right. or focus more on like online training yeah we'd get more into it because we could reach a broader right. audience right um but you know where you not that we're settled and like we're okay we're doing good with where we're at obviously we can always grow to a certain extent um but i think we're also it's almost we take pride in kind of being like the secret not secretive obviously we're not hiding anything but yeah like you know doing it our own way as opposed to doing it the general way i guess yeah. it makes sense totally it makes sense you guys want to grow the organic way and how, how you've done it in, in these four years so far john do you have like a a vision for like capacity in your space now that you're going to the group group uh, not group semi-private model can add more than a one-on-one -on -one model is there a number you guys have in your head um so honestly we're also like we've, we've been in the current space before going you know a little over four years now um we're looking into larger spaces so we can offer more and take on more capacity nice. um but also in the same sense so that we can um not be so much the cog in the machine or the wheel in the machine and kind of like get out of the machine a little bit um and be able to you know bring on other coaches um, kind of offer a little more in terms of either capacity size or um, just being able to offer more at one time um, and then have a little different other offerings in terms of like uh, within like the fitness and health field um, sure. but not necessarily like other training options yeah um, but just having more space to be able to do what we do now but on a bigger scale 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, but within our current space, I mean, we're only 1,100 square feet, and that includes like a makeshift office that was a storage room and a bathroom. So I think our, our gym floor space is like 900 and change square feet. Um, so I mean, realistically, we can only fit 10, 12 ish people in there at a time. 
without it getting, you know, cramped. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not even from a like we don't have enough equipment for 10 plus people we do it's just literally space right right 100 yeah, so. percent. so yeah that's in the future plans here near future uh looking for a bigger space and i want to talk about that uh in a minute here but current day and age man which i joined a gym i come in how do you guys get people started do you ever do any like uh you know like you've seen all these things six week challenges four week challenges anything special to the way you guys get a new member started um in terms of like challenges or just like kind of our, our Anybody, yeah, funneling if somebody yeah. comes in. Right. Yes. Um, they enjoyed. Yeah. So we, honestly, if they come in and we're not, you know, again, with the semi-private model and the way we run it, um, it's also uh, almost kind of runs itself depending who's in the, the facility. Like uh, we, we do all of our programming through an app. Yep. Um, and a lot of people have been training this long enough that they can see what they're doing and they know what to do. Because okay. um, again, there's only the two of us. We don't have any like, front desk staff or anything of that nature so anytime we have a walk-in uh you know we'll kind of chit chat them a little bit if we're busy you know hey we have a qr code on our window you know link that uh you know sign up for a consult we'll sit down um usually if we have a little more time we'll just kind of chit chat with the person see what they're trying to do kind of get a feel for what they're looking for um and then kind of set us up with a consultate like a consultation um you know, they'll come in, we'll sit down, we'll go over, like, you know, go review what they've done well, like what has worked for them in the past, what they've tried in the past, what has not worked well, um, any past experience with training, um, and then kind of just go through the operation side of things, like how we run, how it's appointment based, yeah. that type of stuff. Um, and it's really just kind of like get, figure out where they are, where they're trying to go, and why they're trying to go there, and then just start kind of road mapping from there and how we fit in. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And uh, with these people that come in, would you say that you guys are able to get a majority of them to become clients? Um, so I'll say the people that reach out to us online, yeah, we have a lot better conversion rate with. A lot of the people that we get like kind of walk-ins, we're next door to a restaurant. Okay. Um, and we're in kind of a business park. But a lot of it is people kind of just like, you know, at the restaurant, they peek in and just, hey, what, you know, what do you guys do here? Sure. sure. Um, and honestly, I, over the last four years, um, you know, the amount of people that actually reach out to us after they pop in and like, Hey, what do you do? Um, is very low. So a lot of it is just kind of like people being nosy. Sure. Um, you know, and obviously you can convert those if there is some seriousness to it. Um, but a lot of it too, like, obviously, you know, most trainers, a lot of their clientele is women. A lot of the people that go next door are men. So a lot of it is, you know, there is a level of them just kind of like, you know, peeping Tom and, you know, you wave at them and then they pop in to make it not, you know, so um, in terms of like eight people walk by conversions, um, unless they kind of like intentionally came out to see us or intentionally came out, um, the conversion rate is, is pretty low on that. Um, but in terms of people that reach out online, our conversion rate is pretty good. Um, good. So, you know, we yeah, have one line. Good. Yeah, it's good, man. No, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Walk-ins are good. Like you said, you have mostly women there. So. We have the small group training. I know you said you do sports performance too. So if that's the, if that's the bread and butter, besides that membership fee or package, how else are clients able to spend money with you guys? Um, so currently that's the only way. I mean, we also, we, we sell apparel. Um, again, it's listed on our website. We use it through Shopify. It's all drop ship. So it doesn't cost yeah. us really anything to have up there. Um, I think we pay like, I don't know, 25 bucks a month or something to like have an online store um but if nobody buys anything like it's not you know we're not trying to be an apparel brand we're not trying to 
um, you know, obviously we want to be a brand, but our brand's not going to be apparel. It's again, it's yeah. a, one thing I think a lot of people get into is they try to almost have too many revenue streams that they get away, like keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Um, and our main thing is always going to be coaching. Um, so we do have apparel stuff of that nature, but that's not really a revenue stream. Um, you know, we offer, we are trying to add, um, we've looked into a couple of times trying to add like nutritional coaching. Right, right. Um, but we wouldn't necessarily add that. Well, the way we've looked at it is we wouldn't add it as like an add-on. It would be included within your, you know, your membership dues or your, your, your coaching dues. Um, it would just come with like, you know, uh, nutritional coaching. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think included that's And it would be separate from me and Rodney's like coaching and we have another coach that comes in and just handles nutrition. Okay. Um, we just, you know, haven't found a good fit um, for, you know, our environment. I think a lot of the issues we've had with Matt then is we're both younger. Um, he's 34, 34 now. Uh, I'm 26. Um, and a lot of the, you know, nutritionists we found in the area are, you know, older. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and just from a hate the word vibe but from like a vibe standpoint it's just there's not, there's not a good click i hear you so yeah you guys um, want to have a good uh, a good partnership there that you guys yeah. feel comfortable with giving you know, helping your clients but yeah obviously a great service to offer uh so you guys are focused on doing one thing and doing it really well coaching fitness adding this nutrition piece selling a few shirts on the side that sort of stuff which is great man so with you being you and your business partner running this i was in a similar situation what are like the what would you say the biggest challenges you guys face like on a day-to-day basis? Um, I think day-to-day, the, the biggest, I think when you, you're, you're in the machine or you're in the system, I think the, the biggest issue you, you, everyone has is working on the system right. because you're in the system. It's very hard to you know, be in day in, day out and be you know, coaching while also simultaneously, you know, growing long, like building the map to get long-term. Sure, sure. Um, I will say we've gotten a lot better of that. Um, it's kind of getting on the same path. I mean, a little more of our background. Um, I'm sure it's in your show notes that we like quote unquote rebranded yeah. um, sort of kind of. Um, so when we started, so it's, it's funny. It, we rebranded, but we didn't rebrand. Like the building, the gym name has always had the same name. Yeah. Um, when we first opened, the idea was, hey, you know, you have your thing, I have my thing, we'll do it together in the same building, we'll just split the rent. Right, right. Um, and we did that for about the first two-ish years or so. And then, you know, we kind of chuckled about how confusing it is. So somebody comes in and the gym name has one name. And then one door has one logo and one guy's information. The other door has a different logo and the other guy's information. Right. And then the building name is just a building name. Um, so we've kind of centralize that not centralized maybe centralized is the right word um so in that sense we kind of came together still doing our own thing still coaching our own way um but as like a a brand or as a facility we're kind of a lot more centralized and a lot more on the same page of what we're doing and where we're going um and that has helped a lot switching to semi-private has helped a lot um just because like you said earlier it opens up more hours it opens up more time for sure um you know at the end of the day most coaches, most trainers, unless you're in a very specialized area or, you know, with specialized populations, you're working a lot of the same hours. Yep. That leaves a lot of downtime um, to work on the business. Um, the model we also have is very, you know, low upkeep. 
Um, like we don't have other coaches. We don't have employees. We don't have, you know, membership. Like we don't have a lot of that. To do, yeah, sure. Day to day operational type stuff. Right. Because um, I mean, I think I think honestly, the biggest headache, biggest issue we've had um, on a day to day is just kind of like you know, keeping the main thing the main thing while also growing. Um, and figuring out ways to grow that work in our uh, our situation, our um, circumstances. Um, so that has definitely been, especially over the last couple of years between COVID, um, this last year and a half or so in terms of like tossing around the idea of expansion and tossing around the idea of what is our long-term vision. Because um, again, we came in this thing together with the idea of like, yeah, we're just going to open a business and we're, you know, didn't know what we were doing. I was 21 when we first started this idea, 22 by the time we opened. Um, you know, neither one of us had any kind of business background. Um, all of it, we just, you know, coached. That's all we did. We just trained. Right. Um, had no business acumen, no business background. So, we've, you know, we've learned on the fly, like a lot of people do. We all do, yeah. Um, but, you know, we did a lot of, we didn't necessarily go into it with this long-term vision. It was a very short-term vision. Let's see how it goes and we'll grow from there. And now we're realizing like, okay, we can do this this is sustainable, this is, you know, quote unquote comfortable, right, right. but how do we grow to the point where we're not the entire system? Right, exactly. Um, and you kind of, so that's kind of where we are now in terms of, um, I know the question was hardship, but I guess that is the hardship we have. Sure. Um, I mean, we don't have a ton of, you know, day-to-day issues. Right. Um, that's a great answer, man. And like, that's definitely like the, the <clears throat> like the normal life cycle of a fitness business. Eventually we get to this point and it's like, kind of what's next is grow to a new a bigger space i went through that exact same thing man so like what do you guys want to see or are there like a checkpoint you have to hit or like a, a gold number of clients or dollars in the bank and when you're so that when you get that achieve that then you're ready to make that move is there so this kind of lies in my last question like opportunity i think is that new space right to grow the business to scale is there a number of clients dollars anything like that you guys need to want to achieve before you make that next step um so it's it's more so at this point just finding the right space. Okay. Um, it's it's less a, a dollar and cents thing. It's less a you know a, a KPI thing that we're trying yeah. to hit before we do it. Um, it's it's I mean there's obviously discussions of like how it's going to look and how we're going to run once we how and how big we're going to go and things of that nature. Right. Um, but a lot of it is just kind of finding the space that's the right fit in terms of obviously location and price. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, it's more so that's the hold up at this point and kind of, okay. you know, confirming that that's what we're going all in for is like, we're going to upgrade, let's go find a space. Sure. Um, you know, we've looked at spaces, we just haven't found one that like feels screams, right. you know, if exactly feels right. Yeah. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Um, we just haven't found that space that you walk up to or we see and it's yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, and what is that like? I know where I am, the real estate market is, uh, pretty tight right now commercial is not much uh gym ish space available is that kind of similar there in maryland um yeah so in this area i mean so where we are in laurel um there's three commercial gyms on a two mile radius on one road um there's a handful of like you know training studios and you know boutique type gyms so that the area in general is crowded in that situation but like you said real estate there's not a whole lot um, in general. Um, and even talking to, like there is a gym, a CrossFit box across the street from us. Okay. Um, and they actually got 
kicked out this past beginning of the year because their landlord just didn't want a gym space anymore. Um, and if we ran into that too with a couple of like other landlords we've talked to, our realtor has talked to, either they don't want gym spaces or um, they just aren't blatantly saying they don't want gym space. But we found a couple of spots that were like, this could work, you know, it's got, you know, it's going to need some work. And, you know, you talk to the landlord and they're like, yeah, we're not going to give you any money towards build out. You'd have to pay everything out and do all of your own. And we're like, okay, so you don't want us there. You're just not coming out and saying you don't want us there. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of the other thing we've run into, especially through COVID that we learned is a lot of these like smaller warehousey spaces that a lot of these gyms move into. Um, we're, we're taken up by all these online businesses that needed places to keep inventory. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened through COVID, at least in this area, is all of the all the these large companies downsized from their larger warehouses to the medium and small warehouses, and then all of these like online places or other places started getting these smaller warehouses just for storage, sure. or you know, and then a lot of these landlords, you know, and it makes sense from a business perspective. Hey, I can take you can take rent this place and just use it for storage and need no bill out yeah, no or. Problem. And your COVID, your you know your pandemic safe because it's not a walk-in walk-out business, or this other you know this other company is going to need us to build out, and they're you know more relying on foot traffic and um, so yeah, in our area there's not a ton available, um, even in like sur closely surrounding areas there's still not a ton that makes sense. I mean the current space we're in is technically a business park, but it's like a retail-y business park. Right, right. Um, so, you know, we have plenty of, we have parking. There's like, you know, there's not any security or safety issues. That's another big thing, I think. Huge, um, yeah, huge. Especially when you get into these like warehousey spaces. It's like, it's literally just meant to be a warehouse and you're trying to get flood traffic. And It's interesting. Yeah, and so. parking, parking can become an issue, like, you know, especially as you guys grow more in a warehouse space. So, yeah, but just one of the other uh, many fun parts of being a business owner, especially a gym. And you nailed everything, man. Like, a lot of landlords don't want gyms. Uh, uh, space right now is hard to come by. Prices are super high. So, um, you know, I th like, like what you said before, if it's not a, a hell yes, then it's a no. And I, I believe that the right space will show itself when the time is right. It's been at least been my experience. Um, so, yeah, I wish you guys luck with that. John, last question, man. A lot of listeners uh, are personal trainers, you know, like us back in the day. They want to open a gym or they just started with a gym. Any advice you give to that person listening uh, to kind of set them up for success in the best way? Um, I mean, two things. So one, figure out why you really, really want to open a gym yeah. um, and realize that once you open a gym, coaching is no longer the only hat or the main hat you wear, um, or you, you can't be the only hat you wear. Um, and then two would be, you know, take step one before you try to get to step 10. Um, I was actually just talking to somebody about yesterday who wants to open a gym and wanted to pick my brain. Um, and, you know, they have this, this big long-term goal, right. but have no idea what step one is. And I think that's what a lot of people who want to open a gym is and, or have been training and they think it's just the next logical step is make sure that gym ownership is what you want to do and not just continue growing your coaching because it is separate. Sure. It's together, but it's separate. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of skills to uh, coaching and a whole another set of skill sets to running a business. So yeah. Awesome advice, man. And I uh, appreciate you sharing that. John, where can we check you out, dude? Uh, website, social media handles, anywhere else we can find Next Level Performance? Um, so our website is nextlevelperformancegym.com, and it's N-X-T-L-V-L. -L. Um, 
performance is spelled normal. Gym is spelled normal. Our Instagram handle is NXT underscore LVL performance. Um, and then my personal Instagram, if you like movie reviews or dogs or pictures of doodles, um, is coach underscore JK underscore. I love it, man. What was your latest movie review? Um, what did I see last weekend? Uh, I saw Easter Sunday with Joe Coy. Uh, that joint was terrible. Yeah. Um, and then I saw Bullet Train with Brad Pitt, and that was actually surprisingly pretty good. That's what I heard, yeah. What about, you see Top Gun? I'm sure you saw Top Gun. Yeah, I saw Top Gun uh, a couple months ago when it came out. Visually, it's fantastic. First um, first Plot-wise, plot yeah. it's pretty good. Um, the only thing I can't get over, I guess, you know, partially because of the field we're in, you know, Tom Cruise is like 60 years old in the movie, or upper yeah. 50s in the movie. Um, and just the stuff he does in an airplane, like, a, you know, you die in real life, but, you know, he's just chilling. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So that part, the little realism of it, I'm like, yeah, but the rest of it, you know, it was a good movie. So I agree. Yeah. It, flying scenes are pretty cool. I'm a big fan of the first Top Gun a lot. So uh, hard, hard to beat that. But anyway, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on, man. Sharing your story. We wish you guys at next level the best of luck, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You got it. And listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for all future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.